all you fabulous reinventors, this is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am the founder of this podcast and of CubbyClub.com. And I'm super excited to introduce you to our conversation today with Jane Pollack. And oh my God, what a whirlwind person she is. Here's her, a little bit of her bio so you have an idea of who you're going to hear from. Jane Pollock is an artist who creates limited edition luxury custom textiles that enchant and wow their owners. Her mission is to bring works of beauty to the world using the finest materials, organ, original designs, and a lifetime of spirit and creativity. And she's been, for 30 years, she was known as the Egg Lady. She was making decorative Ukrainian eggs, and she just has reinvented herself most recently as the pillow lady with her work going for $2,500 and up per piece. And what's fascinating about Jane is she's going to talk to you about how pricing and thinking that you can't turn your creative interest into a business is all in your head. Listen to the listen to the conversation, then go and pick up her wonderful PDF. She's giving us an 18-page PDF, which we put a link to in the bio, which is her tips for reinventors. And then come to the class, which is going to be in a week, and you will be able to hear her live and hear her speak about and talk to you directly, and you can ask your questions. Um, we'll put that in the uh, show notes as well. So get ready to up your value and really set your prices for what you're doing, even if it's creative, at the top of the market so that you can actually be a successful reinventor. So here's Jane. Good morning, Jane. How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, Leslie. I'm well. Thank you. And How I, about you? I, Fantastic. What I like is um, we were able to see Jane um, in the video before we started this, and we get to see how she uses her art um, in decoration. Right, right behind her are all the pillows and textiles that she creates, which is that's right, and nice some on the to wall see. too. I don't think you could see those. But I didn't some see on the that. wall too. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Jane, what we're going to talk about is you and your personal reinvention, and then how women can add creativity into their reinvention and even take creative ideas and make them into their reinvention because that's you know that's kind of a no-no it's like oh well you can't be creative and reinvent yourself that's just impossible so let's start a little bit talking about your background where did you grow up and what did you study to be uh, born in the Midwest, but um, by the time I was six, my family had moved to White Plains, New York, and then remained there for you know my entire schooling and and until my parents passed. Um, I was uh, you know typical uh, New York suburbanite. Um, went to public schools, and then did you ask me what where I went to school? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I went to um, 
actually, I, I, this was talk about reinventing. I, I was, this was the sixties, the baby boom. And yes, I was waitlisted at Mount Holyoke college, which was a seven sister school still is. And I went to George Washington university for one semester because I was going to be a February freshman. And oh, what was yes. really cool was that um, I couldn't take, uh, they wouldn't let me take an English course there. So I ended up taking an art course and it was a nine hour life drawing course at art at the Corcoran art school. And I, I thought I can take art. You're allowing me to, you know, I'd always loved wow. art, but in high school, my parents said, no art, you have to take languages and sciences and, you know, academic things. So Mount Holyoke gave me permission. And I, then they said, not only can you take it, you can major in it. So when I got to Mount Holyoke, I became an art major and, and studio and theater as well. And were your parents having a heart attack? No, no, no. Actually, they, my dad had gone to, he has um, an MFA from uh, Yale Drama School in uh, scene design. So, the, you know, I came from a creative family and my mother was not only entrepreneurial, but also incredibly creative. She became a party planner. So, um, of course, I did the school teaching route first. I taught art at uh, high school in Stanford, Connecticut for a couple of years before starting a family. But it was there that I learned the craft that I became known for for 30 years and really officially made me an artist. So was that your, so you went right out of college into teaching? Is that went how to, went? Uh, I went to Columbia Teachers College for a year okay. and got my master's and then I got a job. Actually, I thought, oh, I don't want to teach <laughs> after, after doing it for studying it and, and student teaching in the city. And I got a job at a, a publishing company and I was bored to tears and then there was an ad for it. Uh, it, it was so, you know, the universe tapping me, it was for a studio art and theater class uh, at a high school in Stamford, Connecticut. And I thought that has my name on it. And I applied and got the job. So then I started teaching and I really liked teaching uh, really a lot. So I, I took a sort of a year in between and then I, and then I went to teach, which I loved. And so then how long were you teaching for? Was that the, I taught for two trajectory? years, but you know, uh -huh. in, in each thing, and I, I think this is true for people as they look at their lives, there was something I got out of each experience. Like I met my husband at Teachers College. I found the ad at a Globe Publishing Company. And when I was teaching, I learned the art of Ukrainian Easter eggs. And when I had a child in 1974, I started doing a little teaching on the side. I did a um, adult education class. I did a workshop. I went to, I did a craft show. So I was, um, you know, I, I said, I kept my, people say, keep your foot in or your finger. And I kept my fingernail in, <laughs> so, you know, or toenail <laughs> in a little bit, you know, because I was really a full-time mom. And tell me about the Ukrainian Easter eggs. Cause so, that was, that was a big deal that went very far, right? Totally. Totally. I, I became the egg lady. <laughs> the um, one of the other art teachers, you know, there was no curriculum. It was the 72 and there's, I was very loosey goosey. And I said, where's the curriculum? And the art teacher said, well, we just do what we want. And one of the things oh. we, I know we, we do the students are Ukrainian Easter eggs. And it's like Easter eggs in high school. Come on. <laughs> and then she opened up a dozen. And if, if you've never seen them, look up Ukrainian Easter eggs because they are exquisite. And she opened up a dozen of hers and she taught me that afternoon how to make them. I stopped as she gave me the tool. I stopped at the hardware store and bought a pound of beeswax and, and a dozen eggs. I went home and I made my first one and I thought, this is it, you know, and I, and I, when I give my webinar, I'll show the first egg I ever did, which I based a 30 year career on. So what, what I did with it was that I, I started with the traditional designs, but then I started applying my own designs as an artist. I saw the egg as a canvas. And so ah. I was doing, you know, Egyptian designs and paisleys and, and quilt patterns. So um, I got I got known really quickly for what I was doing. Wow. And you made a business out of this for how long? 
I did it for 30 years. My, I did a keynote talk that was, if I can make a business out of this, you can make a business out of anything. And uh, you know, I was, I was on the speaker circuit for several years doing that because it was very motivational. Because, And I do believe that if you're passionate about what it is that you're doing uh, and you have the drive and persistence, I made a business out of, of decorating Ukrainian Easter eggs. So that seems like a leap for a lot of people who are listening who are struggling either to launch an idea, afraid of launching an idea, started to launch an idea and are frustrated with the ability to turn it into something that can support them. Well, I, I told you in one minute what took me 30 years to do. So oh. <laughs> I wanna give them all permission. I have okay. a, I'm okay. a coach and I have a wand that I keep by me. It's like permission to take it one step at a time. I'm, first oh. I did craft shows. And then I, I added a line of greeting cards with my eggs on them. You know, it was very, very slowly. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, slow thing. Like, this is not like overnight thing. It's no, no, no. No, no overnight and... successes are overnight. There, you know, Dustin Hoffman was 10 or 20 years in the theater before he made The Graduate. So yes, no yes. Such well, thing. And, if, and if there is an overnight success, they usually fade out really quickly too. I agree, yes. Now, I, I remember all the celebrities that I interviewed saying, I'm not, you know, took 20 years to make this overnight success. So exactly. exactly. It's funny until it comes up on our radar, you don't realize all the work that's gone behind it. Right. So what are you doing now? Cause you're not an egg lady anymore. No, I stopped that. And, and that was kind of a bold leap. What happened was I was talking about how to turn my business, you know, into my passion into a successful business. And I was on the speaking circuit and people would say, can I pick your brain? You know, can you help me with marketing? And so I decided I would go into coaching, which was much more lucrative um, and less, uh, you know, labor intensive and really loved it because I am a born teacher, you know, I'm an artist and a teacher. And so I started coaching. And um, so I I've done that since 2002. And then with the pandemic, um, as everybody probably, you know, things came to a screeching halt, my clients were like, I don't know what's happening. I'm not sure I need coaching right now because I don't know where we're going. So <laughs> that's no, no, I don't have a business. There's right. no business. There's not, you know, there's nothing. Right. So, so the weekend before, I mean, I just thought this was divine timing. I took a class with a, a good friend of mine who was teaching at the Guilford Art Center, Liz Alpert Fay. And she had been a client of mine and then a friend and a colleague. And a couple of other friends wanted to take it too. I'd always wanted to learn how to do this art form called penny rug pillows. And so we took it March 14th, 15th, you know, that Saturday and Sunday, got the materials, brought them home. I, you know, I started a pillow, made, made it halfway through, got materials from her, and then everything shut down on Monday. Like, you can't go out. So I thought, I guess I'm going to sew. So I started sewing. <laughs> and oh, then my like, God. Like everybody Wild. else, you know, we're all communicating through Zoom and people are saying, what are you doing, Jane? And it had been 20 years since I had touched artwork. And I was holding up these pillows and they said, oh my God, those are gorgeous. You could sell them. And I thought, no way. I'm not doing that. I did that. And then six months later, I had an Etsy site. And then, you know, a year after that, I have a very beautiful website now, but I, I dove in and I just loved it. So you, now you sound divinely lucky because I'm, I'm just thinking of the people I know who call me, who are trying in the middle of their reinvention, they're struggling, they're trying to figure out it. I mean, was everything serendipity or did you like, what were the, what were the struggles that were in there? Cause I know there are a lot of people going like, why am I struggling? And she didn't seem to struggle. Oh, no, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling. I just don't present with that. 
Right. <laughs> I, you know, I've had some lucky, you know, I, if you remember Earl Nightingale, he was, you know, from the thirties or forties, but he was what, one of the first motivational speakers. And he said, luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Yes. Correct. So, you know, I've been prepared all my life for this and then I have the opportunity and I took advantage of it. So I think it's really looking for the signs, you know, where is the universe in your life? Where are those, you know, where are the burning bushes showing up for you and then go with them? Because what happened was I started talking about it and I was blogging and people said, oh, you know, I've got a box full of buttons. Would you like them? I have leftover wool from this. Would you like it? So, you know, people started pouring that stuff into me and I had, and I'll say, this is a key thing. You know, I say, don't quit the day job. I had enough in my, I call it a prudent uh-huh. reserve to, you know, last me for several months before I would go under. And I also have at this point in my life, I have um, social security and I have alimony, you know, I have other streams of income. So I didn't, I didn't dive in saying, I hope, you know, I hope this will work. I had, I had my finances in order and I highly recommend that before you start something, but then things started happening. A friend commissioned a pillow. And then I gave a demonstration in lower Manhattan. And and this couple said, you know, we love that. How much is it? And I said, it's 2,500. I'd never said those numbers before. And they said, we want it. We want it. It was an, un, an unframed piece, an unframed piece. But I, I valued, I've come to the point where I value what it is that I do. And the fact that these are one of a kind, there may be, you know, a hundred or a thousand by the time I leave this earth, but they're not something you're going to be able to get at Pottery Barn or, you know, CB2. Right. So talk a little bit about that, about valuation. That's another struggle and especially for women and then especially in the creative area. It's, it is a struggle. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think that everybody needs a board of advisors and that's not, you don't hire them. They, they're all around you, you know, look at who your friends are and who encourages you. And so I had this one friend who was very knowledgeable about the art world. And I said, how much do you think I should price this piece at? It was a framed piece based on an artwork by Bonarni said $5,000 if you want to be taken seriously. And I swallowed and I said, okay. And I put it on Etsy for $5,000. I haven't sold that one, but, <laughs> okay. but it's, you know, it's there, but it also, here, here's my, the, the old me, this is in the 1980s when I was doing the eggs. And I think I might've told you this story, you know, when we, when you interviewed me before, um, a, a very well-known interior designer in Westport, Connecticut was a real fan of mine. And she bought and one of my eggs for each of the magazines, editors at the shelter magazines where her work was, Better Homes and Gardens, House Beautiful, Architectural Digest. And at the time my eggs were $30 each. And I packaged up these 12 eggs, which was a huge sale for me in the 1980s, you know, almost $400. And after I wrapped them all, she said, your eggs should be $300 each. And I wanted to vomit because my feeling was, who would ever pay me that? I'm not worth it. And my feeling now is I know there's a market for what I do and I am worth it. So that's a, you know, talk about an overnight success. That's a, you know, 30 year transition, 40 year transition. And it's a self-esteem issue. It's not a a quality issue. I was always a good artist. I just didn't esteem myself. And by the way, by the time I finished doing my eggs in the early 2000s, they were selling for $480 each. So she was actually low. (laughs) She was low. So how do you, so, so how do you get yourself over that esteem thing. If you think that it's really just esteem when you've got all these pressures in the market pushing you down, 
how do you, I mean, is it years of psychotherapy or well, there's is it, that, you know, there, there's that I have, you know, tremendous support and I'll talk about that on the webinar. Who's your team. And I have enormous support on a daily basis, you know, some therapy, some action partners, a mastermind group, a, a visions group. I mean, I have really, you know, teams of people who support me and I support them. Um, I just lost my thread there. No, oh, we're so talking about how do you change that, your self-esteem like that? Yeah. You know, it's that old acting as if, you know, when I said $2,500 to these guys, I thought, you know, what the heck, what the heck I, you know, when I was marketing years ago, when I, my, I did a book called decorating eggs, which was a, you know, my first published book, it was wonderful, beautifully done by Sterling Lark. And I had been, I had been, um, uh, soliciting, there was a, a card company called paper house productions. They would have these die cut greeting cards. So there was like the empire state building that was die cut. And they were, they were just like the coolest cards, you know, in the, they were in all the museum shops and they were just my favorites. And I could see my eggs. I thought those, my eggs would be perfect for this company. And I solicited them for years, you know, years and years, I would go to the stationary show. I wrote to them and this is all pre-internet. And finally, when my book came and I hadn't sold anything yet, I sent them a copy, hard hardcover copy of my book. And I wrote last chance. And I call that, I call that my, what the hell marketing, you know, there's a right. point at which you say, what the heck? And so when I said that 2,500, you know, I thought, I don't really care if it doesn't sell, but I'm not going to sell it for less than this. And they valued that they came up and they said, Venmo credit card, what do you want? You know? And I was like that. So that was affirmation. That was affirmation that I was doing the right thing. And then not long after that, a woman who's been following me on Instagram saw a piece I was doing based on a William Morris textile and she said, is that one going to be for sale? And I sold it to her for 19, 1995, I think. I said friends and family because she had helped me a lot when I was getting started. So I gave her a bit of a break. Right. But again, she said, you know, uh, check uh, Venmo, what do you want? So people want what I'm doing. They recognize it. And it's me standing behind it. And I think that's the important thing. And that, that comes from, you know, years and years of support because when I was growing up, it was not from my mother. She said, no one will pay that much for one of your eggs. And they were starting at $8. So you oh, know, I, wow. it, was not, wow. it was not from the family. It was really from other people. So interesting. And we'll talk about, um, let's talk a little bit about the class that you're going to teach. I think it's next week. It is. It is on the October 12th. Yes. Because we're going to put this up um, tomorrow so that it goes up. And those of you listening who would like to come, go to the Covey Club site or look in the show, no show notes, and we will give you a link to her class so you can come and learn live about what she's doing and you can get to know her better. Yeah, well. it's really a motivational talk because in an hour, you know, I can't right, right. everything about entrepreneurship. <laughs> right, right, right. Don't be certified when we're done. But no. it's really, you know, um, you know, who are you as an entrepreneur? Are you passionate? Are you persistent? Are you organized? Are you a risk taker? All those things are incredibly important. And then who's your audience and what is your product? And, you know, do you have a name for it? And do you have a tagline? Sort of like a very broad strokes of what is it that you're putting out there like and pricing what will the market bear who's your audience where are they what's their education level um and how will you communicate with them are you know it's on tiktok is so huge now and i have a friend who's really encouraging me to go on it and i went looking for a high-end uh interior decoration decor right. and they're not there you know there are a few young young um stars from architectural digest you know who had their houses mm -hmm. done Mm -hmm. But I think the people that I'm looking for are still on Instagram. Yes, and so I I'm, would agree. You know, and I think you have to know where are they? 
um, right. and then go there and meet them. You know, I heard the, the comedian uh, Whitney Cummings. She said, you know, in the old days, you would people they would hurl uh, yellow, you know, um, telephone books at your house. You know, they would throw information at you. Yes. And now, right. And now it's like, you know, should I put myself on Instagram? It's like, yes yes, be out there where, you know, you have to wade through tons of stuff, even for people to find you, but don't hesitate. You know, you have to go out there and be, and be present, you know, and be available. And do you think you have more leeway now? Cause I'm kind of reversing what I thought we were going to talk about, but I wonder, do you have more leeway because it's a creative art and there is no, I mean, you, there's no comps out there like you can't that's exactly right there's you know what will the market bear what's the competitive market rate and then what's your overhead also you know I'm, I'm also practical you want to be able to make a profit you know have a margin to make a profit um, but for me for artists where you know I'm one of a kind there is nobody else out there doing what I do it was funny there were two two artists once in a craft show I was in doing Ukrainian Easter eggs. And my friend said, you have to beat the bushes to find one person who does Ukrainian Easter eggs. Why would they have two people in this show of a hundred artists, you know, which was, it was annoying. It's like, why, you know, I, I'm my, the one and only I'm competing with other fine crafts. I don't want to compete with another egg decorator. So right. it's, you know, what the market will bear. And to, to a certain point, I mean, if I price my pillows at $10,000, that would be a little, and people think it's ridiculous at 2,500, but not the people who are buying them. The people who are <laughs> buying them are educated. You know, they know uh -huh. this is, you know, this is going to be, I want, I want two Jane Pollock pillows on this settee. Nobody's going to sit and lean on them. They're going, they're going to walk into my house and see them by the spiral staircase. Right. Mark, a very elite market. You know, it's not, you know, it's not me. I'm not my own market. So very much, I'm guessing also, um, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of reinventors. And one of the best quotes that I got, I don't even remember who it was who said it. They said, when you're reinventing, you have to keep your eyes open to see all the opportunities that throw themselves in front of you every day. Would yes. you agree with that? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. You know, people that's say, you I know, thought. I have a sewing machine. Would you like it? You know, like that's an opportunity. Um, and But it's also putting yourself out there so the opportunities can come letting people know what you do. What is your biggest regret in any of this? Was there something that you missed doing that you chickened out on? Was there, or have you really always jumped on everything or on did this, something on the reinvention? not work out? Yeah. In this, in this current reinvention, it's, I'll talk or, about it. Brand, or branding. other ones. You know, I or can, others. I can, uh, what I call cheap out, you know, it's like, oh, I, you know, look, first of all, I think, I think your logo and branding are about the most important things, uh, you know, other than your product and you, I mean, how you represent yourself. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll just do one of these $99 places. And uh, my friend Scarlett, who, you know, you know, I, I, showed, yes. I showed her some of the samples and she said, well, that's nice if you're opening a saloon, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, so then I did my own and then the, I hired a branding team. So I, you know, I paid extra, I probably paid another $500 that I shouldn't have. I should have gone right to the branding team, but um, you know, and then uh, she said, they said, it's lovely for an Etsy site. And I, you know, if I'm selling my pillows for $2,500, no, I want Etsy. something that is really elegant and represents me. So, um, you know, if you've seen my website, it's, it's beautiful. It's, you know, I look confident. I had, I had a head, you know, I had new headshots done, mm -hmm. you know, spend for the hair and makeup and, you know, the wardrobe consult and all that. And, you know, having a web developer and, 
uh, a really fine graphic designer. I think that's an important investment. So my regret is that I didn't do that right away, but I actually didn't know who I was for the first 18 months, you know, so I right. had to sort of grow into it and define myself. So I'll, I'll give myself a break there. Other than that, no, I, I love the way it's evolved. Where do you see all of this headed? Where do you, I mean, with all the competition online, even with individual kinds of products, you have to be everywhere. It feels overwhelming. I have to have Instagram, Etsy. I have to have, how do you narrow it down and figure out what's right for you? Or are you everywhere? No, I'm not. And I have a brilliant daughter who you know teaches business skills. And she said, go where you're comfortable. So uh, I started on Facebook, got a lot of feedback, and then people kept saying, go to Instagram. You know, if you're, if you're visual, go to Instagram. So I got uncomfortable and went to Instagram. And I have, I have almost 2000 people following me now, which, you know, I started with 20. So, you know, right. I consider that a big coup. Um, but uh, go back. What was the original question? Well, I was just saying, do you need to be everywhere? Oh, everywhere. Yeah. You... No, no. And oh, so what, what's my vision is that I see myself you know, my pillows on the cover of Architectural Digest. That's kind of my, my vision. And I ask people, you know, what is your vision? And then what's your mission? How are you going to get there? And my mission is to make the world a more beautiful place to bring beauty to the world. On my website, I say I wanted order and beauty in my life. And so I created my own because I, you know, the kind of a, you know, chaotic family in a way. I mean, they, you know, we looked good, but there was a lot of turmoil underneath it all. So I wanted oh, to- Oh, like everybody. Uh, yeah, like yeah, everybody. Yeah. And, and some didn't even look good. Like we yeah. didn't look good on the outside. My, My dad worked did, in a department but, yeah. store. We looked good. We had nice clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, I think it's important to have a vision. So I know where I want to go. And I just in August went to the Design Influencers Conference where I met people who can help me get there. So to be really strategic, but to define for yourself, what do you, what do you want? And in coaching, the basic question is, what do you really want? What do you want? You want to bring women together. You want to help women. You want to support women. You know, that's a mission. Maybe yours is even more defined uh, right. or, your, or your vision. But you know, I want to. I want to. I want to work with beauty. I want to work with my hands. I want to be satisfied in my life by doing creative things, and I want to expose that to the world. Sadly, you know, you know, my market is a very high-end market, but um, that's okay. You know, they can see pictures of my work. Right, right. And you're probably inspiring people who are knocking you off at a lower level that you don't even know about. <laughs> Probably yeah, and, and that's okay. You know, it's funny. Um, right. uh, my son spent some time with me in the city and while he, he went to Bloomingdale's while I was recuperating and he came back and, and he took a picture of a wall at Bloomingdale's that was all circles within circles with, and I'm sure I'm a hundred percent sure they've been watching me on Instagram because sure. the patterns were so much. And I thought, you know what, that's fine. You're you inspirational. Know. Well, you're, yeah. but that's the key to a designer. I mean, I spent my whole life in, you know, a design fashion design magazines and, um, that's the whole thing is that that's why they all ended up knocking themselves off is because somebody else was always taking their designs and doing them cheaper. Right. Exactly. So that's how they came out with their MK line instead of just Michael Kors. It's like, okay, if someone's going to do there it, you I go. think it's well <laughs> we'll do, do it. it right. <laughs> right. But um, that's the key is, is just staying ahead of it. That's the whole thing. I mean, and the truly creative people do, they just stay out there and stay ahead of it. You know, I had one lesson. Um, I, you remember Judith Lieber and her handbags? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So she, she copied my eggs. She, oh. so I was in, actually somebody said, Jane, I was just in uh, Saks and, you know, did you license your work to Judith Lieber? I mean, she's passed away now, so I can say it out right. loud, but right. um, I said no. And then, and then I was in Bergdorf's and I saw, I saw them. It's like, oh my God. 
And then there were, there was like, we had three spottings and I ended up suing her, but if it were me, I know if, and I won and if it were me, Oh my God, I what an incredible story. If it were me today, I would have just said, Hey, Judith, can I have one? You know, you go ahead and use them. I, can I have one, you know, right. Pay me, just give me one, you know, cause they were gorgeous. They were good. They were, you know, egg shaped and they were my designs. They were, you know, I had a, a cell sheet. And you could see exactly where they were. So there was, it was no contest. What did they, did she do? Did she bedazzle them? Yeah. Yeah. They were, you know, rhinestones and, and jewels in a, you know, if you can almost like a football size egg, you know. Oh, 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 wow. Jairs, oh, you know, the things that oh. all the women, you know, uh, in Dallas put their pocketbooks on the table at fundraisers and go, oh, a Judith Lieber, you know. Oh, a Judith Lieber. Okay. But we <laughs> actually anymore, know but a it Jane was. Pollock. Okay. Well, there you go. Very there good. You go. I love that. Yeah. Any other tips? I, we're going to um, talk about this again. I encourage anybody listening to this, um, sign up for the event. Um, you can find it at coveyclub.com. Uh, just go to the attend page. We'll also put a link in the show notes here. And um, just, uh, Jane, talk a little bit about the PDF that you're um, offering as a special tip for reinventors. We're going to put a link to it in this uh, in the show notes for everybody. Terrific. I, I wrote a book years ago called um, Sole Proprietor, 101 Lessons from a Lifestyle Entrepreneur about turning your passion into a successful business. And from that, we've extracted seven, seven evergreen strategies for the entrepreneur. And so that's what the PDF is. So, you know, some of the things I've talked about, like persistence, you know, some not, yes. not, you know, not how to keep spreadsheets, but really how to keep yourself going. A lot of what you've talked about with your people, you know, your members were like, how do I do this? And they're really internal struggles. You can learn yes. how to do an Excel spreadsheet, but can yes. you learn how to set your price at a, you know, that actually reflects who you are and, and your value. And I loved it. I said, you know, oh, thank you. You know, was it was you're offering a little PDF and you were like, no, it's a jumbo PDF. <laughs> I think it's 18 pages. But besides that, I just, you know, I, I tell women, do not minimize yourself. There are enough people out there minimizing you, but I, the words little try and just and can't afford drive me crazy. Find another way to say it. Like, you know, I choose to use my resources in a different way. It changes your mindset. Awesome. Jane, I'm so delighted to have you on the podcast. I can't wait to see you um, in the class. And everybody and very interactive, Leslie, I'm going to ask people, you know, to offer a lot in the chat and to, you know, talk about their own businesses and their business ideas. Fabulous. That's the best because that's really how you learn. You don't really learn by just sitting. And sometimes you do. I can sit there and learn something by listening, but being interactive is way better these days. So Thank you, everybody. Run and get the PDF. It's in the show notes. And also, Jane, where can everybody find you and your work so they can follow? My favorite place is my website, janepollock.com. And my name is J-A-N-E-P-O-L-L-A-K. There's no C in my last name. So Jane Pollock. And then also Instagram. And that's my, you know, all my handle on everything is Jane Pollock. No awesome. C. Fantastic. Jane, thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to share a class with you. This is going to be Thank you, Leslie. Great. See you All next right. week. All right. Take care. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jane. My mind is totally blown because I hear so many women talk about wanting to be creative in their reinvention and how hard it is. Run, do not walk over to Jane's website, Instagram, Facebook page, follow her. Obviously, this is not true. It's all in our heads. 
Anyway, I hope if you enjoyed that, that you will actually follow us and follow the podcast. Mosey on over to CoveyClub.com. You will find in put the word reinvent into the little spyglass search area. You will find hundreds of articles that will help you with your reinvention from essays to how to's, whatever you need, whether you need to reinvent your attitude, whether you need to reinvent how your family sees you, whether you need to reinvent your career, big, small, whatever it is, we've got the tips for you. We've gonna move you forward. We even have, if you put in there 30 days to reinvention, I teach a tiny little uh, course about how to reinvent yourself in 30 days and how to move yourself forward. So please join us over at coveyclub.com. And if you have the opportunity, please give us five stars or give us a comment. We would love to hear from you. And until next time, happy reinventing.